Welcome to episode 18 of U-Ship's Long Haul Podcast. Uh, we have a really special guest today, uh, Jacob Madrinsky from Vibe Kayaks. So we're really looking to a conversation with him. Um, Jacob, welcome. How are you doing? Hey, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You know, we're, we're excited to get talking about um, you know, fishing kayaks and all these things. And this, this podcast in itself would be really interesting to um, those who are recreational enthusiasts, anybody who is a, you know, a, an angler, um, someone also might be a business shipper, might be interested in looking at how to ship large and bulky e-commerce items. We'll talk more about that. And even if you're a transportation and logistics, uh, logistics professional, someone who might be interested in knowing what that's all about, um, this is certainly a way to, to learn some information and find out how you go about it. Maybe they can learn some things as they go about their own business. So um, and definitely a lot, of, a lot of grounds and a lot of audiences that we can cover on this podcast. So um, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about uh, Vibe Kayaks to start with. We're going to talk about shipping logistics. And then we're going to talk about kind of how you, um, you know, how you're tackling the, the whole idea of, of, um, of getting things shipped and how that's impacted your business. So we'll cover kind of three, three main points today. So let's get started. And um, we're going to talk about, let's talk about Vibe Kayaks overall and your, you know, what's your creed as a company? Tell us about what you do and, and you know, about your founder. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, our, our founder, CEO, Josh Thomas, um, you know, he's a, he's a very charismatic guy. Um, you know, he's just a lot of energy, a lot of, lot of fun to be around. Um, you know, obviously outdoors guy, avid fisherman. Um, and, uh, you know, just the, the whole outdoor industry in general, uh, is, is a great industry to be in. Um, you know, and, and coming from no drama, just adventure. Um, it's actually, um, you know, and I've been at a few outdoor companies, so, um, that that's exactly what, uh, what I would be looking for in a company, uh, to come to. And, and I've, I've been here now for three years. Um, and, you know, I, I and, and I, I have no plans of going anywhere, you know, um, corporate for me just didn't work. Um, and, and once I kind of, uh, found Josh as a, as a match and, and a CEO and a leader that, um, uh, that I could really gravitate towards and, and build a team around and with, um, you know, you just, you can't break that bond. So um, it's, it is when we say no drama, just adventure, we try to bring that into uh, not only just the, the brand itself of um, kayaks, but everything within our culture too, uh, from the retail store that we have with our dealers um, and, and just, you know, day-to-day -day operations uh, within the company. So, uh, originally, I was hired as a director of supply chain for, uh, for Vibe. So coming in, um, my goal and my, my focus was on inventory management. Um, and then really kind of getting to know the business and getting up to speed with the business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I saw the need for logistics um, uh, help, uh, and that would be through uh, warehousing, ocean freight, and then, of course, the domestic uh, gotcha. domestic transportation. About a year and a half ago, then, I transitioned to the, the vice president of um, operations and supply chain. Um, so now what I do is more of just kind of that overview of um, of all departments within uh, uh, within Vibe, uh, in in trying to um, really just hold the business and hold the business together, move it forward, um, and make sure that nothing comes crashing down in the uh, in the meantime, right? So, well, that that brings up a um, an interesting point that um, I was going to 
talk about a little bit later, but it's, it's a good spot to bring it up. I mean, you have last month you have this this freighter gets caught in the the, the Suez Canal, right? Now today you've got you know up to thirty ships that are waiting in line to get through the the port in LA and Long Beach, which are main main channels into the country and out of the country. And then you know you have um, uh, Australia announcing that they're going to have to hold off on a, a vaccine campaign because of supply chain. I mean, it's it's kind of yeah. no one would talk about it for a while because I mean, you, you kind of knew it was just there, but now it's like hot on the hot topic, right? Supply chain, supply yeah. chain, and, and people are waiting on materials. Like, tell us a little bit about something that happens on the other side of the world or in the West Coast. Tell us about what that means in terms of how it affects the person waiting on their kayak or someone waiting for an online order. Like, what's the reality of that? This is a uh, this is a great. I finally have a uh, a platform to <laughs> to speak on this about because you know we. Um, you know, and, and there's there's nothing funny about it. There, there really isn't. There's, um, you know, you have in, in just the challenges that we have, our dealer network, for instance, right? Our dealer network, it, um, you know, they're waiting for, for boats uh, from us, uh, orders to be delivered, where, you know, we think that a, a ship is coming in, we're tracking it the best that we can. And then when it hits a port delay, that delay could be one day, it could be one week, it could be one month. <laughs> you just, you don't know. Right. Um, and, and nobody knows, you know, so we try to do our best to, uh, to relay that information. Um, but it, you know, it, it's very disruptive. It's, it's not only disruptive for us as a company, but for, you know, for the dealers that we supply for, for our customers, mm -hmm. um, and, and even to our, our transportation, you know, um, uh, entities as well. Uh, and, and I'll even say our warehouse, uh, our warehouses, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're trying to get a forecast plan for labor, but, you know, if you don't have any boats or any product incoming, right? You, you know, you, you just you don't know what to do. You know, so are uh, you, you you try <laughs> you try to mitigate that the best you can. Um, in in the case like uh, the Suez Canal uh, or something that happens on the other side of um, of the world, you know, we were rocked already once with uh, um, you know uh, just just poor issues in general. Um, from the end of last year. And then of course you have Chinese New Year that hits. Um, that's, you know, it's predictable. Every year we know there's Chinese New Year is going to be there. Right. Um, you know, but no one predicted the shortage that, that we would have or the impacts that we would have. Um, and and it is not, it's not just labor shortage. I mean, it's equipment shortages too, containers, right? You know, we, we ran out of containers. But, you know, who knew that that was going to be uh, one of the big issues that uh, that we'd be facing, but then you have the carriers that'll that you know they they jack up the price and whoever whoever pays the the highest dollar is going to get that spot on you know on the boat. Interesting. And if you're looking you're looking around ocean freight for for Chinese New Year, are you going to delay product for a month to your customers, or are you going to you know guarantee that SLA the you know the service level agreements that you have with them? and pay top dollar and get it here. So, um, you know, so coming off of that, you know, it's, it's a ripple effect, right? It's, it's that bullwhip effect where we're seeing the end of what the Chinese New Year um, and, and holiday bullwhip effect was, but now you throw in the Suez Canal on top of it and now there's another equipment shortage. Well, the, you know, some of the boats that came from are you know that are traveling that way through uh, that originated out of China? Right. Those containers have to get back somewhere, right? They, it's just yeah, they do. 
yeah, you, you, you throw one, one little, uh, wrench into the mix and it really devastates, uh, the entire network. Um, because you're you're think you're trying to think five steps ahead, right? That container has got to go from from port to port to port to port. But if it misses one, you know, one link out of that chain, you're you're in trouble. You have to pivot. So, um, yeah, you know, the the port delays where you have boats that are just stuck out in the middle of the water. You know, 30, 40 boats waiting on a port, and now containers are coming in. But then, you know, you're trying to deal with labor. You're trying to deal with domestic uh, equipment shortages, and it's just. It is. It just compounds on itself. Um, you know that problem is is very complex. The congestion is real and it's here to stay. I mean, it, you know, that's the other thing. These these problems don't just solve themselves overnight. It, it goes down to the end user. It, it doesn't matter who you are. You can't hide from it. You you will be affected at, at one point or another if you haven't already. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the product and let's talk about the vibe kayak kayaks you know and and what you sell and how they're how they differentiate from other fishing kayaks and in the market um you know there's seems like there's a lot of interest out there right now around the topic and if you go into youtube there's no shortage of videos and and you know they people outlining the top fishing kayaks but let's talk about your product and and what's unique about it and yeah absolutely so uh our boats when um you know, when, when the company was founded, uh, it was founded on um, kind of that middle market price point um, of just not existing. Um, so you have, uh, you have boats that were the sub 500 um, boat category and, you know, then they, they kind of ranged and they jumped up to, you know, 1200 plus, 1500 plus, And there, there was an absence of this uh, middle market category. And that's where Vibe came into play. That's where Josh um, focused the majority of his attention. Um, so, you know, for fishing kayaks, you know, they're, they're all pretty, I mean, they're all pretty equivalent, right? You have uh, rod holders that are in, uh, uh, um, that are included with boats, uh, uh, molded in rod holders. You have uh, rails that you can put attachments on, um, you know, just for different accessories. Uh, now, some boats will have pedal drives, uh, like, for instance, our, our Shearwater, um, our, our flagship uh, this year. Um, you know, you have a pedal drive. You also have uh, an attachment where you can put a, a motor um, to the boat as well. A little, uh, it's a little jet motor. It's made by Bixby. It's, um, cool. it, it's amazing. Cool. <laughs> you, you attach it to, uh, attach it to the rudder, um, you know, and you set it and you go. You know, it's, it's not a trolling motor. It's not a big clunky thing. It's you know, it's a rechargeable battery and, uh, and it, How cool is that? yeah, and it, uh, does a really, really good, uh, good job of getting you to point A to point B. Um, but, uh, you know, for the rest of the boats that are out there, you know, a, a nice, a nice clear deck or a nice flat deck, you know, that's what you're, mm-hmm. uh, what you're looking for when you can stand up and fish, um, you know, and, and just, a a nice comfortable seat. That's, that's the other thing that you want, uh, you know, within a fishing kayak rather than a wreck boat. Uh, so a frame seat option is is typically what you'll see there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really makes our boat, uh, I guess, stand out from competition would be uh, just the value that we bring, um, you know, with uh, with bringing the right um, uh, bringing the right feature set to the customers at a as as an affordable price. You know, that's right part of that no drama just adventure. Right, we just want you to get out on the water. That's all we want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you, you know, we have pro staff of ours, of course, that are in Vibe Kayaks. Um, you know, we have ex-pro staff of ours that are in other boats, and we're fine with that. 
<laughs> you know, take yeah. pictures, have fun. We we just want you guys to get out there, on right? yeah. and be out in the outdoors. That's what we're that's what we're after. So, um, you know, tell us about your your business model and who you know who are you selling to? Can I go to a, a site to buy it? Do I have to go to Dick's Sporting Goods to buy it? Like where where do you where does one get a vibe kayak in terms of how you guys set up your model and uh, in that in that as I understand that kind of that sub one thousand um, dollar mark. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, um, you know, the, the business model has changed over the past, um, uh, I would say realistically within the past three years. Uh, so when I came on board uh, back in 2018, that was the first year that we had uh, e-com boats or that we did e-com sales. Okay. Um, 2017 into 2018. Uh, before that, it was just, it was all direct to, uh, to dealers. Um, and, and we, we just couldn't, we couldn't produce enough. Um, because we were a new brand that was out there and, um, you know, there was, there was excitement around the brand. So 27, 2018, we're able to catch up with that, uh, uh, that demand and inventory and, and then really get into the, um, uh, the e-com world. Um, and then, uh, last year, uh, and really 2019 into 2020, uh, was our year for, uh, expanding into, um, uh, big box. So we've, we've held the three sales channels, um, you know, and, and really trying to be at the core of, uh, the dealer home front. Right. So, um, you know, what, uh, big box is taking or the assortment that they're taking, you know, it's just a fraction of what, what we offer. So what we try to do or what we, what we joke about is, uh, we have a retail store that is about a half mile away from, um, a top five store or top three store within Dick Sporting Goods, um, uh, within the Dick Sporting Goods family for uh, highest grossing paddle sales there, there are in the country. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and we're, we're selling out of boats, wow. you know, all the time, you know, so what, what I tend to say is, you know, we, we really want our, um, our customers to have that kind of entry level into uh, Dick's Sporting Goods of, you know, our, our um, uh, and, and Academy too. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, you mentioned Dick's Sporting Goods, but I would say Academy too. Uh, we're in Academy Sports and Dick's Sporting Goods, but we want that customer to go into either of those big box chains and, chains and say, okay, the Skipjack and the Yellowfin 100. Okay, they, that's what they carry right now. Um, you know, and you know, they're, they're kind of looking at that brand and they're like, ah, vibe, you know, I haven't really heard, um, you know, too much about them. Let's go on and research. Well, now they're going through and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and buy this skipjack here, but maybe I want a sea ghost for myself, you know, a, a little while down the road, right? It, it has that upsell potential for, uh, for our dealers, uh, and even e-com too, you know? So, um, our name of the game right now is just to get the brand out there and get, um, more people excited about it and be more familiar with, uh, you know, with our customer base. Okay. And, and so when, in that distribution kind of jumping into that, one of the, that second section a little bit is, um, uh, in the shipping and logistics and getting them, getting, getting the boats distributed. How do you ship a, mm -hmm. you know, how do you set up a boat to be shipped like this? It's sure. long. It's, it's uh, not terribly heavy, obviously, cause it's going on the water and plastic yeah. and things. And so it's, but, but, um, Awkward, I guess you could say. In terms Awkward of, is a good, yeah, it's a good indication. And so, you know, you know that FedEx and UPS aren't going to just step up and grab yeah. it out, you know, and take it. It's it's going to be something that's a little bit of an anomaly. Um, so, you know, 
take us through how you prepare something like that to ship and then um, uh, you know how have you traditionally shipped them I guess in terms of the mode yeah I mean Dean there's no <laughs> there's no trying to hide this I, I wish I was in an industry where I could just you know fit fit what I sell into a uh, six by eight by 10 brown box and slap a label on it and, uh, right. <laughs> and send it away. Wow. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm not there. This is what, uh, what, you know, gives me the gray hair. Um, <laughs> you know, at, uh, it's, it's challenging, you know, so from China coming over, uh, we're loaded in containers. Um, you know, the challenge is there, you want to maximize the amount of, uh, of boats or, or uh, accessories that you put in a container. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, again, I'm not a little tiny, you know, I'm not a tumbler size uh, product where I can fit 20,000 of those in one container. I can fit 70 if I'm, you know, if I'm lucky, uh, maybe, maybe more, um, not, not too much more though, but um, you know, when those come over, you know, and they're, you know, they're unloaded from the container, the you know, containers devanned and it, uh, they're separated into, um, you know, into the, the warehouse, uh, uh, the warehouse locations, mm -hmm. um, depending on what the sales channel is, um, you know, we might do container direct. Um, and of course that's the most cost effective for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, we'll bring it to the nearest port and then, you know, just deliver it directly to, uh, you know, the independent dealer. Uh, or um, or the retail uh, big box location. So um, that's that's one method. The other, uh, what we'll do, mix uh, mix trucks. So if a dealer wants to order, um, you know, typically you can fit about ninety six to one hundred boats into a fifty three foot. Um, if you can get creative, you can get more, mm -hmm. uh, or depending on the size of the boat too. Um, and I say creative with with having quality in mind. Too. You don't want to yeah. go crushing any boat or, you know, anything like that. But, um, you know, that's what we feel comfortable with uh, and what we, what we ship to our dealers. But if a dealer wants to order uh, 96 boats or a full truckload, mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking kayaks here, right? So it's like, you, you see a kayak on the water and it's like, ah, oh, that's a kayak or it's hanging in somebody's garage. But when you're trying to ship these things or warehousing them or even a retail store in a retail environment, and you're looking like, wow, that's a kayak. Like that's, right. it, it brings into a whole, a whole nother, uh, whole nother realm of challenges. But, um, you know, a lot of our dealers, uh, you know, we're only one brand for them too. So would it make sense for them to bring in a hundred boats at a time of one brand? Maybe, maybe not, uh, you know, just depending on what their model is and how, you know, yeah. how many they're selling and how much room they have. Do they have their own warehouse location that they can house at? Um, you know, so that's, that's one way a full direct truckload to the dealer. Um, now we're, and, and really it started last year, uh, we started milk truck runs uh, to dealers. So the dealer that can take 20 to 30 boats at a time uh, mm -hmm. or 15, um, you know, to 30 or something like that, uh, where we can, um, you know, we can daisy chain a couple of two, three, four dealers on them. That's what's, that's where we're driving the business to next across. But uh, to plug you ship here, this is where it gets really exciting is, that operator comes in. It's so easy, right? The, the operator comes in, they pull the boat and that's all they have to do. There's no labeling that has to go on that boat or anything like that. It's that electronic bill of lading, that customer, you know, that, that driver comes in, yep. Hey, I'm here to pick up, you know, whatever order this is, the warehouse already knows what boat it is. It's already pulled. Um, you know, they show them their bill of lading, they sign off and they're, they're on the way. 
and, and it makes it easier for it makes it easy for everybody. Um, so yeah, so many different methods there on, on how to get kayaks ready, but um, you ship tends to be the easiest. <laughs> well, it's good to hear it. I appreciate the plug on that. That was, that was be my next question is what, what led you to you ship and, and how did you, you know, come about discovering uh, how we can help and maybe talk about the uniqueness of the you ship carrier network and their ability to take these uh, awkward shipments in a way that is, it's kind of what they do, right? It's not yeah. a truckload where, because if you ever have a kayak and a forklift in a in an LTL world, the, the, I can tell you the forklift's probably going to win every time in that yeah. battle. And, um, we and have, so, we have many kayaks that yeah. have come back with, with those battle scars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't float anymore. Well, because it got us. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, let's talk about that, that U ship network and how that kind of fits into the whole the whole piece and, and taking in those awkward chips. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I remember growing up, um, you know, and and seeing the uh, seeing the shipping war show way back when, uh-huh. you know, and watching that, and you know, it kind of stuck with me because, you know, being a being a supply chain major, uh, so I graduated from from Iowa State. Okay. You, you know, and, and being a supply chain major uh, at, at ISU, you know, you, you really kind of, the different industries that come into ISU and have you have hire heavily out of ISU have, um, uh, the agriculture industry, of course, and even, you know, moving into, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, tractor John Deere, uh, of course, and then you have Boeing and, you know, all that. So you, you know, when you have all these, these corporate companies that come into, uh, school, the, the thing that I like most about what I do and, and my path into supply chain, it's, it's been outside of that corporate, um, the corporate world. Gotcha. Uh, and, and I've, I've been around small companies um, almost my entire supply chain career where, um, you know, one of them was cafeteria tables. Let me tell you something, you, you know, a cafeteria table on a pallet doesn't work really well either. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so, so trying to think of, and, and that's where the milk, milk truck idea came from, you know, at least from mm-hmm. me coming into the company and, and bringing that into logistics. Um, but then you know, I just always had in the back of my mind, I'm like, gosh, you know, you ship, like there, there's gotta be something more to that. You know, let, let me just see if this company is still even around. Like, I didn't even know if you guys were, you know, if, if you ship was still around, I've never really used it. You know, again, I was always focused on, um, you know, on some of the, the corporate movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming in, it's like, you ship. Yeah, yeah, they have a marketplace. Like, well, let's just, I'm just curious to see what kayaks are on there. And I'm, I'm looking at them, checking like, wow, these are really comparable, if not, you know, better than some of the prices that we, that we have in our own uh, carrier network right now. Okay. And, you know, just in, in thinking about that, it's, it's the same person that's coming to pick up the boat as it is delivering it, which means it doesn't cross a cross dock at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the damage rate on that would be a lot lower too. Right. So let me just go ahead and make an inquiry, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, that, that's how we, that's how we got started with it. Um, and, and I'm, and it, and it's stuck and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited that it has because, yeah. uh, the carrier network is, is just, it's amazing. Um, being, having carriers reach out and, and that are excited about shipments because, you know, as we might be a worse nightmare for, for an LTL carrier, um, or, or another company, we're, we're a dream for, you know, for the, for the carrier network. I fit in a very, you know, kind of, I can fit overhead, you know, as, as long as, uh, 
uh, you don't put the kayak in the middle between, you know, a lot of times what will happen to you on LTL shipments, you know, oh, between pallets, we have some room there. Well, you put the kayak standing up between it and then you have the pallet shifting and rubbing against it and, and it'll damage the boat. But, you know, where I, where I can fit within that, within, you know, one of your uh, carrier's trucks, you know, I, I take a minimal amount of room. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, the attractiveness of, you know, of doing that and, and, you know, having a minimal amount of damages that, that come with it, you can't beat it. Right. You just can't. Because if somebody were to order a kayak, um, and, uh, you know, it gets damaged, let's just say, you know, when I first started before we brought in, uh, the 3PL that we use and the different warehouses, somebody in Oregon, you know, orders a kayak, I'm down here in Atlanta, it's going to cross like four or five cross docks on the way up there. And it's going to be, you know, it'll be ruined. But by the time it gets up there, then I'll have to try to replace it. You know, I, I've already lost on that sale and, and I've potentially lost a customer too, because they, you know, they don't, they don't want to wait or, you know, they see that as a, Hey, you know, everybody else can, can get a package up here. Okay. Why can't you get the kayak up here? Right. The customer isn't, we, we, you know, we wouldn't have done a, the best best job of educating that customer of saying, Hey, well, it's kayak and it's probably going to get dinged and scratched and damaged on its way up there. Um, but now having that ability just to basically white glove, deliver it to somebody, it, it just creates a whole other experience for our customers too. Yeah. You have a, in our, for those who are, are listening or watching this, um, you know, there's the, the, the carriers who come in there a lot of times will be uh, uh, sprinter vans when they, yep. they brought in a, if there's some furniture also in there that the blanket wrap, they could slide that right over the top. If it's a box truck, you know, like I said, you could put it between blanket wrap pieces. If you're a, you know, a trailer or a pickup, you can put that in the, in that back of the pickup or put it in the tr enclosed trailer. Um, so all different ways that this could be sliced and diced and, yep. and, and this is what the, the transporters love is they love to run full. And so if, if that yeah. slide right in, man, that's, that's, everybody wins there right and yeah i mean to make a couple yeah make an extra couple hundred bucks and we're already on the route for yeah. for somebody like yeah. literally just dropping off a kayak i mean it's just it's a no-brainer it's, it's a no-brainer uh, and and what um um you know what advice would you have for business shippers you know that that are out there looking for a solution and are trying to figure out you know, how to, how to improve their large and bulky delivery um, strategy. And, and, you know, what have you learned from the whole idea of, do you offer free shipping? Do you offer it just at the, at the rate um, that's there, you know, just talk about insurance, those things, what, what would you, what advice, uh, maybe there's two or three pieces of advice you might give to a business shipper out there. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely look at your margins <laughs> um, you know, before, before you start doing, you know, uh, and, and that's something you have to look at them, um, you know, on a consistent basis, because, uh, you know, carriers can, can eat you alive, you know, and, and, uh, we're, it's, I'm not, I'm not slamming them. It's not something that they don't already know, but, um, you know, accessorial charges, you know, auditing bills and everything like just becomes so complex. So, you know, really looking at that and making sure that you have all your shipping costs that are dialed into, uh, into a model or into, uh, one of your products to make sure that you are actually making money. Um, and then adjusting, adjusting shipping prices. What else is, uh, you know, the market doing? We just went through that. Um, you know, before we were, uh, one of the, the cheaper options of shipping, um, and, and not a lot of people know it, but it's like, you know, we ate the rest of, you know, 
we charge the customer seventy nine dollars, ate the rest of the shipping. You know that that's we now we've planned for it, right. but now that shipping costs have increased, so have our shipping costs uh, that we that we charge for our customers too. So so really just kind of making sure that um, you know you're you're looking at your margins, you're looking at your shipping costs, you're looking at how you know what your network looks like in general. Um, you know, damages, replacements, that kind of thing. But then also just just paying attention to what you know what's out there and and how you can uh, uh, how you can leverage um, some of those other shipping methods that we're talking about, right? Can you can you leverage milk truck runs somehow? Mm-hmm. Can you leverage uh, straight trucks, twenty six foot trucks? Uh, that was one thing that we were getting into as well. So anybody out there listening that has a box truck, I'm interested in you. <laughs> you know, like this. You know, could you know because we could we could yeah. really benefit from somebody that can do 10, 15 kayak deliveries and make a route of it and, and be done with it, right? Not saying we're not interested in anybody else, but you know, that just makes it um you know even more attractive for, for somebody like uh for somebody like me, um yeah, you know, trying to ship ship freight. But uh anybody that has bulky freight, um Keep your options open. Definitely, uh, you have to try, right? You have to you have to go out there and look at carriers that aren't afraid to uh, to take your your freight. Um, you know, whether it's palletized or not, there <laughs> there's always somebody that'll move it, right? You just you have to get in there and you have to test. Um, you can sit behind a computer screen and do. Uh, uh, you'll have paralysis by analysis, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but until you try and actually start shipping, you don't know what challenges you're going to face. So, gotcha. Well, this is that. Uh, appreciate you sharing that. Um, hopefully, listeners appreciate that too and can take advantage of that and and learn from your wisdom and insights and trials and tribulations of the whole process. Yeah, it's not an. It, I but I will say, yeah, I will say if you can, yeah, definitely get something that you can fit in a uh, in a FedEx or UPS, you know, two day box and and send. It's a lot easier. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> so. Start there and then move bigger. Um, well, good. Hey, I appreciate uh, uh, Jacob. Appreciate your time today and, uh, and joining yeah. us for this for our long haul um, podcast and uh, episode eighteen wrapping up here. And uh, um, look forward to having you get on the show next time. If you know, we'll, we'll follow back up with you and see how it goes. And I'd love to hear more about how, how things have been proceeding. Perfect. All Absolutely, right. I love you. Thank you so much for having me. You bet, Jacob. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.